Welcome to the 52 Academy, a weekly podcast full of new ideas, mindset shifts, and interviews with successful small business owners that will get you thinking and growing your business week by week. I'm Laura K. Sheely. And I'm Emily K. Risch. You can find all episodes of the 52 Academy podcast on our website, 52academy.com, or anywhere podcasts are available. If you like what you're hearing, reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook at the 52 Academy. Coming up, we'll chat with Heather Walker, an entrepreneur who took the leap to bring a very hot new fitness concept to the Kansas City market. At the 52 Academy, we focus on one new sales or marketing tactic each week, which allows our students to clear the clutter and really focus on growth. Today, Em, pull out your phone. Let's take a look at your banking app. Oh, Lord. Have you ever considered who you're doing your personal business with and whether or not they would be someone that you could also tell about your business? No, not really. I mean, I'm not asking you to start posting business cards on bulletin boards all around town. But what I am saying is that we should be telling the people that we're giving our money to each week about the business that we are also doing and looking for ways to help them grow their network. I guess I never thought about that, but it does make sense. I mean, if I am doing business with these people and giving them my money, in turn, they should probably be aware of what it is that I am doing and what we offer here at the 52 Academy. I see this playing out in my life all the time. The eyelash girl mentions she needs help building her client list while she's working on my eyelashes. My builder has a whole list of subcontractors that have no idea what they're doing when it comes to actually selling their services. Or my dry cleaner of nearly 10 years sees professional salespeople and business owners every day. Why wouldn't I let them know that I am a resource to help their customers or their referral partners to grow their sales network? I mean, let's be honest. I consider my dry cleaner to be about as close to me as my doctor, dentist, or hairstylist. <laughs> well, they do literally know all about your dirty laundry. Exactly. And the truth is that they're a huge baseline contributor to my professional career because I've got to look good. <laughs> One thing I can say for sure is my dry cleaner consistently delivers on time with great service and a friendly approach. So several years ago, as I was walking into their business, I realized they probably had no idea what it was that they do to contribute to my success. I mean, I'm one of hundreds of people who drop off their professional wardrobe weekly, and oftentimes I need the clothes that I'm wearing when I'm speaking or engaging with customers, but do they actually realize how much they are a part of my business? So I started thinking about this more, and I wondered what would happen if I just simply said, thank you for making me look so good. My hope was I would start engaging in a conversation that would lead to them asking what it was that I did when I was using the clothes. And so eventually, we were in an interaction about the idea that they are seeing salespeople and professionals coming in and out of their business every day that might need my resources, so by thanking them for the business that they're helping me with, I also became top of mind with them about how it is that they could pass on my name or my services to others in their network. I think that's a terrific idea. Taking that moment to 
show your appreciation to your dry cleaner or your baker or wherever you get your coffee every morning. That keeps you top of mind in a positive way. And then when one of their customer comes in and has a need for what you do, they're like, ah, that delightful Laura Kay. She can help with this problem. And then, you know, the hope there being that they refer you to this person. It's really important that salespeople think about how they interact and how they're engaging in the services and the products that they have in their own lives. Take my eyelash example. As I lay there on the table and she's telling me she basically has a sales problem, it's a perfect opportunity for me as I walk out to grab a business card and to say, Give me a call. I'd be more than happy to help you understand how we can grow your network. At the barest minimum, you want them to know how to contact you if they need your product or service. And don't forget to actively look for ways to refer business back to them. This will help you stay top of mind and encourage them to keep helping you. Absolutely. So this week, make a point to introduce or reintroduce yourself to the small business network that you're already doing business with. Take them a basket of goodies or invite them to an event, but make sure that you are showing your appreciation for all the service that they're giving to you. Then make sure that you have a plan to connect with them at least four times a year to keep telling them about your business and the success stories that you're having. This is an opportunity to really tap into a network that already exists for you. Look around you to every person you talk to throughout the day as you're running your errands and kind of living your daily life and make sure that they know what it is that you can offer them. I think that's terrific. So then once you come in, you know, you swoop into the dry cleaners with a box of chocolate or a basket of goodies. What do you do then for your follow up? Most of the time what I do is I go through and I make sure that they're on things like my Christmas list or whenever I've got a big customer announcement coming out or maybe I'm running a special. I want to make sure that those people that are receiving my money also know that they can spend their money with me. (laughs) And of course, the dry cleaner makes the Christmas card list. I love it. Absolutely. So start thinking about how you can expand the connections within your already existing network of the people that you're spending money with. Get out your phone app, check your check register. Anybody that is getting services paid for by you should definitely be someone that's aware of the services you're offering. Welcome back to the 52 Academy podcast. All right, Emily. So I was getting my hair done about a week ago. And as I was leaving the salon feeling all beautified and refreshed, (laughs) I passed this new storefront in this strip mall that had this huge sign out front promoting a sale. It was a company that I'd never seen before. And I had no idea based on their signage what the store actually was selling. It was a very generic name that did not describe the type of business or the products that the store contained. It got me thinking about our listeners who have brick-and-mortar storefronts. Everybody needs to understand that people aren't going to go into your store if they have no idea what it is that you actually sell. This is something I think a lot of people overlook with their own businesses. They just assume everyone knows what their business is, especially if the business has a simple name with no description. Michael's Craft Store, for example, is a national chain that consumers are very, very familiar with. But 
I mean, Michael's could be a restaurant. It could be a jewelry store. It could be a men's clothing store. Michael's, the name as it stands, is so generic that a person on the street walking by seeing a sign would have no idea what was for sale inside the building. I see this all the time. I mean, the signage that some business owners put out makes you question, is it a car dealership? Is it a pizza joint? Who the heck knows? Take Michael's as an example. When they first came to market, if they wouldn't have said Michael's Craft Store, people wouldn't have known what was in there. Now it's become such a common name that we know if you say I'm going to Michael's, well, then you're going to pick up some faux flowers and a few craft items. (laughs) So if you don't have your product or your service name in the title of your business, then you have to go to extra lengths to be sure you include it in your advertising and your marketing and your signage. This is especially important for these independent, smaller, mom-and-pop, one-stop stores. So some basic ideas to keep in mind if you are a business owner and you're looking at your marketing materials is that you really, really need to keep it simple and keep it straightforward when it comes to your billboards and signage and just your general marketing. When you're working on a sign or a billboard, you need to limit yourself to six to eight words max. People are driving really fast when they go by a billboard and they just don't have time to read. So you need them to see your name, your logo, and like a word or two that tells them what they are going to come to your store to purchase. And I actually was thinking a lot about this on my drive up here to Iowa yesterday because I drive by a lot of billboards that are out in fields, as you do when you're zipping down I-80. The billboards are so far from the highway that you can't read what the what the copy says, you can't see the logo, and it's poor placement and poor planning because I, going the speed limit uh, down of the course. highway, <laughs> don't have time to kind of glance over and see what does the sign say. So really keeping it super brief to make sure that your font size can be large enough and a person zipping by can read it is really, really important. You also need to then make sure that whatever the sign does say expresses what it is that you are selling. If your business is named Michael's and you sell jewelry, then on the signage, you need to show images of diamond rings and necklaces. And you need to use the copy on your sign to say, buy your diamonds at Michael's, right? That's something pretty easy to understand and digest as you're flying past a sign. I think the key here to remember is that there should be absolutely no confusion about what exactly is for sale. And let me just say as well, please avoid the cutesy font. Anything with curly cues or hearts for the eyes, (laughs) not something that a person can see while driving by. Don't try to get clever and don't try to get cutesy. You don't want to make people work hard to find you and buy your product. Yes, being creative is important when it comes to marketing and advertising, but not so important that it obscures your message or makes it confusing to the consumer of what it is that you're selling and and where they can go to find it. I mean, geez, at this point, we've really kind of killed the creative spirit. (laughs) You just don't want to leave people scratching their heads trying to figure out what you're advertising. You want them to come to your store and buy your product. Keep it simple and keep it straightforward. The other thing that is always my pet peeve is when they use the valuable real estate of the signage to jam in the phone number, the website, the email address, all these things that in reality, I'm not catching as I'm driving by. 
nobody's going to stop the car or pull over on the side of the road to jot down your website. You know, everybody Googles everything anyways. So you need to make sure your name is very prominently displayed. And if that's in your logo, that your logo is large enough to be seen visibly from the road. And then interested parties, if you've done your your job well with your copy and your imagery, will go home and Google you and find you. To close the loop, Laura Kay, on your original story, did you end up going inside to see what the business was? No. In fact, I found out later that it's apparently a brand new resale shop, which here's the sad part of the story. I'm a huge resale shop junkie. So... (laughs) Had I simply known that that's what the store was by the signage, they would have had me front and center for that sale. So now there's a real lesson, dear listeners. Never underestimate the laziness of your target consumer. You have to make it very clear and super easy so that people know who you are and what you do and they will come in your store and buy your product. All right, we're very excited to have our next guest up on the podcast, Miss Heather Walker, the franchise owner of the Hotworks Studio in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thank you, guys. It's great to be here with you. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to have you here with us today to talk about Hotworks. So for those who are on uh, listening to us online and maybe have not heard or encountered Hotworks before, can you give us a little background on what Hotworks is all about? Sure, I would love to. Hotworks is a 24-hour infrared fitness studio. So what that means is it's open 24 hours of the day and you work out in saunas. We offer 10 different workouts. They range from yoga, Pilates, to cycling, and a body blast machine, which is kind of like a cycle and a a row machine in one. The company originated in New Orleans, and I recently came on board in January of 2019. Now, I remember when you first started talking about Hotworks, and I thought, this was the craziest thing I had ever heard of (laughs) and that I was so scared to try it because I was certain I was going to die in a sauna exercise accident. I can only imagine that this is a very hot experience, but I've done hot yoga before. So tell us what this is like. The difference is we recommend the heat being at 125 degrees. It is a sauna that can normally fit up to three people very comfortably Currently, right now with COVID, we're at only one person per sauna, so everybody can feel safe during the times. Um, But the difference between hot yoga and hot works is really the main factor is the infrared heat that you get from our saunas. So it's not a steam heat, it's a dry heat, and it's infrared. And if you're familiar with infrared, there are tons and tons of benefits to the infrared. It's good for circulation. It's good for weight loss. It's good for detoxification. That's the biggest thing. Detox all the gunk in your body and your organs. Stress reduction. It helps with seasonal disorders. It's really a great, great technique. And in addition to that, your muscles warm up instantly right away because it's at 125 degrees. So you burn more calories in less time. How did you find out about Hotworks? How were you first introduced to the franchise? 
it's actually a funny story. So I was working out. I always like to work out at a couple different gyms. However, the gym that I was at, there's a lot of running, a lot of rowing, and a lot of weights. At that time, I had a bad knee, a bad ankle, and I just jammed my finger into a drawers. <laughs> and so I had <laughs> and so I had an arm brace on my hand. So I couldn't lift weights, I couldn't row, I couldn't run. And remind you, I'm in Lee Summit, Missouri. I'm sitting there doing a Google search and I'm like, what can I do with all these ailments? And <laughs> what, what can I do to work out? And up pops Hotworks. And I'm like, start reading about it. And I was really impressed. I was really impressed that I could go at my own pace. I'm the only one in there. The instructors are virtual and they usually have three different virtual instructors on the TV and they're all going at a different pace as the other. So one might be more challenging, one might be less challenging. You can choose one to follow along with. And so I could even just go in there and sit and burn calories if I wanted to. So I'm looking it up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. I don't care if I have to drive over to Kansas for it. I start looking where it's at and there was none in Kansas. There weren't any in Missouri. And so I start doing some research, go online, you know, look at the pros and cons and everything. And so it said, do you want to contact somebody about possibly opening one? So I did. I made that leap and they called me shortly after and now it's all history. That's great. And so now where, as you said, that was early 2019. And so then I I remember you and Jason doing kind of some site visits and some traveling to learn about uh, the concept, because I I can imagine it's a little bit frightening, maybe nerve wracking to jump into a franchise that is not well known. Correct. Yeah. So I was the first one in the Kansas City area and I was the first one in Missouri. So what I had to do is I flew to New Orleans and went to a couple of different locations there, learned more about the um, culture of Hotworks, went to a couple of different studios, did lots of different workouts. And then at that point, I mean, I was sold because it's how you feel when you come out. You go in there, you have like one of the best sweats ever. And you might go in there feeling sluggish and you walk out and you're like, yes, let's go world. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it makes your skin look good. It makes you, I mean, you just feel so amazing after the workout. That's the difference. Oh my gosh, you've sold me. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm going to be looking on my phone as soon as this is over to see what's the closest location. Yeah, I think you have one in Coralville. Oh, well, exciting. There we go. Mm. I know what we'll be doing once we wrap up here today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Heather, I know that you've had previous experience, you know, in business and in sales. And so you take on this new venture and you bring a product to the market. But now you got to get the word out. So how did you mm-hmm. go about making sure that everybody knew what was offered by Hotworks and really made it something that they were attracted to? And you're right. That was a big challenge because I couldn't send anyone to a location nearby to try it out. And so you're right. That was a challenge. And what we did is we pre-sold. So we, we had about five months of pre-selling. And we had a video that was playing in the pre-sale location to show what the studio would look like. They're all a similar type of floor plan and format. So you have your 
your desk when you walk in and you have your saunas. And then in the back, you have a full workout gym too. That kind of gave people a good idea about what it would look like once it's built out. But we did a lot of marketing. We did a lot of Facebook marketing, a lot of boosting our posts. We shared other studios pictures and whatnot. And, you know, we did a lot of foot on the pavement. We went out to all the businesses around us. How can we partner with you? We found out who the local owners were of businesses because they always like to have a relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And so we did a lot of marketing, our cards, our brochures, and a lot of events when we could do them ladies events, um, health events. And eventually, yeah, we got our name out. That's a big challenge whenever you open a brand new storefront is, you know, not only getting the message out that you're here and you're open, but really getting people to start the following, especially with a monthly type of a thing. You got to fit it into their routine so that they keep coming back. That's right. And that's one thing that I love about Hotworks is we're 24 hours. So we work with anyone's schedule. So if they need to come at 12 o'clock at night, they have a key code and an access that they can get in. It's fully lighted, cameras everywhere. So it's very secure. And if they have a quick moment, they're, they're always up and running. So they can come in real quick, do a quick biking workout that is 15 minutes burn a hundred calories within that 15 minutes, by the way, (laughs) and then they can go about their day. So it's very easy to be able to fit this into anyone's lifestyle. Tell us as you got started, if you were to look back now, you're a year plus in, you look back at those first 30 days, what are some of the things that you can see now that you think this is advice I would love somebody else to have if they were starting a venture like this? You know, I don't know that I would do anything different. I think everything really went smoothly. Uh, I have a great team of employees. I have a great manager who she's really the one who, you know, runs the day-to-day operations of it. Um, However, I guess if I were to start up a new venture again, I would like to know more about the upfront costs um, because during those conversations with corporate, you have a good idea, but just a realistic idea, yeah. I guess. Um, you have to know that your rent is going to be around this amount. You have to know that there's going to be can costs on top of that. There's going to be maybe a little bit higher of an electricity bill because you're running saunas yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, so just having those numbers, that would be maybe one thing I would change. But some of it is you, you don't know that until you really get into it. You mentioned that you have a really great group of staff members, and I would imagine that in order for them to really provide the best customer experience, you probably had to teach them about the brand and really set the standard for what you wanted your customer experience to be like. So how did that come about? When you first become an employee at Hotworks, you have a really technical, lots of webinars, hands-on training. So you do get a full realm of training once you begin. So it's probably about a week Mm -hmm. or so, depending on how many hours that you work. But once again, there's videos that have quizzes. There's lots of hands-on from Kaylee. She takes them through how you open in the morning, how you close up in the morning. We're very, very clean, clean, clean people. That's our, we kind of set our bar high and our expectations stay there and they're all happy to do it because it's 
kind of the right thing to do, especially during COVID right now. And we do believe in delivering outstanding customer service. I know one thing that you guys had asked is how do you handle a negative review? Mm -hmm. I never had to really deal with a negative review before, but it was a couple months ago. We are straightforward with our contracts up front. It was a gal who thought that she didn't have a month left, but she did. And we just explained it to her. It's in her contract and we still want her to come. She still has accessibility, but she is responsible for one more month. And she went in and wrote a really bad review. I saw it. Kaylee and I talked what would be the best way to go about it. So I contacted her and I said, hey, we can work this out. Everything can be worked through communication, really. And so we talked and I said, okay, how about we meet in the middle? From there on, that's what we did. She was happy with it. She went in and changed her review. That's good. I think it's a critical point because oftentimes, I know we've even discussed this in our business where it's like you almost can form a fear of social media because there's the risk that somebody could go on and say something negative. But the impact of that negative comment has real consequences for the business owner. It does. When a person is in their emotional moment and they're just firing off a negative comment, I don't think they think through, you know, what that really could do as an impact to the customer. I mean, I've seen worst case scenarios where one negative review takes an entire restaurant chain down. Or a comment that wasn't even the truth gets used in social media in a negative way, and then it has real impact for that business's bottom line. And so I love that you have a willingness to put the work in, manage the communication, and ask them to take it down. Right. I'm not sure if you guys saw on my Facebook feed, but I made a comment. Now, I'm not on there that much. So when I put something on there, I fully hardly believe in it. Mm -hmm. This was the girl that we were talking about who left a one or two star, whatever it was, review. What they don't understand is they might be having a bad day or they might have gotten a little, you know, in a little dispute. But then to go in there and write such a horrible review with a one star it really can affect you because I've put my life into it for the past two years. I don't want to be known as something negative in the community. I brought it to Lee Summit to build up our community. I just ask people, you know, please, before you do that, see if you can try to resolve it first before posting. I'm sure any owner would love to work with you on it. Well, and I think the reality too that we always have to remember, most of the time if you're having a customer interaction that turns negatively, it's probably not with the owner. Right. There's an employee problem or some type of a system breakdown. Being willing to address it in the appropriate way takes maturity, but also can be so helpful to that business owner to see something that maybe they didn't even know existed. I'm impressed at the way that you were able to handle that in terms of reaching out to this person and turning what is a negative into essentially a positive. Mm -hmm. Now this person has had a positive interaction with Hotworks. You've been able to resolve. You've come to an amicable solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. And so often people Mm -hmm. do just feel that they're not being heard. And so they go and they kind of want to lash out. And social media is their megaphone, you know, to reach a broad audience. So I think the example here is really terrific that you were able to really mediate a solution with this person. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea that you you made the offer of like, let's just meet in the middle, you know, right? You're in, you're in a contract here, I could certainly hold you accountable to it. 
But if we can meet in the middle, I think it works out for both. And not to mention, hopefully this person walked away with a sense of real professionalism from the interaction versus somebody that just is like, oh, your comment was bogus. We're not even going to follow up with you. It took a lot. It took a lot of me thinking about it, planning what should I do? What shouldn't I do? We have a project manager at Hotworks. They say customer service is number one. But also, like you said, it is a contract and a contract's a contract. But we're all people and we all might have misunderstandings or whatnot. So like I said, everything can be resolved through communication. Now, I want to kind of turn things and ask you a kind of on a personal <laughs> level. Well, I've known Heather my entire life and Heather and her husband are both probably the two hardest working people I have ever known between Thank your you. business ventures, you two hustle and you are such a team and you work so hard. And I, I honestly could not be more proud of all of the things that you and Jason accomplish. And I also Thank sit you. back and I think, how does this woman find the hours in the day to get all this done? <laughs> you know, you've got two amazing children who are very active and very involved and you guys are running your businesses and also having a personal life and, and doing hobbies and activities. And how do you how do you prioritize your day in order to get all the things done that you two accomplish in your busy ass kicking lifestyle? (laughs) Well, first and foremost, my kids are always number one. I am always there to be their Uber driver, even though they're not the best Uber clients. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're sometimes not very nice and they don't tip well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But that is my first priority. I make sure that my workday ends at 2.40 because I pick them up at 3 and then at 3.30 and then my second job as Uber driver starts. My day usually starts at 5 in the morning. I get up, I get everything prepared, I get everything lined out. Actually, my week is probably lined out the week before. And I mean, I believe in being prompt and getting (laughs) things done. (laughs) That is, I just, can I take a quick moment of an aside? Truly in life, no one is more on time than Heather Walker. And it has become a running joke that if I am ever to a location before she is, I text her and I'm like, are you on your way? Because literally if we're, if if we're meeting at five o'clock and it's five oh one, I'll have a text from her and she's like, "Mm." It's 501. Where are you? So anytime I beat her somewhere, I'm incredibly proud of myself. So anyways, I digress, though. (laughs) Yes. So like I have everything calculated out to in a five minute time frame, which I know sounds like a crazy person, but that's what I have to do to get my day done. So my day first starts off where I wake up, have a cup of coffee. I get my kids lunches ready and then I work out. Jason takes them to school. And then from there, I get my day started with, okay, this is my priority. I got to knock this out here, here, and here. Recently, it's been, I I spend Monday, Thursday at Hotworks, Tuesday, Wednesday at our construction office. And it's worked out pretty well. I'm able to get everything done that I need to. And, you know, the biggest part is we have an amazing team in place. That's really, that's the only way that we could do what we do is having a great team. I have a great team at Hotworks. We have a great team at Walker Custom Homes. We have a great team in St. Louis. It really is the people that you surround yourself with that 
can make it all work. Do you have anything when it comes to hiring your team members? Is there a common theme or a personality trait that you look for in the people you hire? So a lot of people that we have found is from referrals and just being out in the market. Once you're in an industry like fitness, you end up knowing all the gym owners, you know, all the trainers, Mm -hmm. you know, who might have a friend and same in construction. Jason found his two foremen just from being out in the field and hearing, Hey, he's good. He's really good. You need him on your team. And so we add him. Other than that, you know, just really honest, genuine, kind, but also have a go-getter mentality. We can't have anyone who's not a go-getter because it's it's fast-paced in really each industry that we're in. So that's definitely a huge personality trait that we look for. I love too that, you know, whenever I see you, you really live your brands. The luxury lifestyle I think that Walker Homes portrays, you live it for the healthy athletic lifestyle that hot works portrays you really live it and I think that's so important for business owners and salespeople to understand that you know without any of the advertising without any of the marketing you yourself are a representation of the brand that you're trying to sell all the time you don't even have to say anything and people will look and say I think that girl works out or (laughs) man They live in a really nice place. Those are the things that I think is so important that all has to match up. I agree with that. We are probably our best salespeople, like you said, because we live, breathe it. It's in our blood. I agree with you on that. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you, Heather. And thank you for giving a little piece of your day to us because we know that you have so much going on. But let our listeners know if they want to check out your studio in Lee's Summit or learn more information about the Hotworks Studios, how would they find it? We are located at 1309 Northeast Douglas Street. Um, It's next to Panera in Lee Summit, Missouri. Our phone number It's okay that I give that is 816-272-5099. And we are offering to any listeners a $1 enrollment. That's normally $99. So all of you 52 Academy listeners, get out there, get over to Hotworks in Lee Summit for a $1 enrollment. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much, Heather. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. And I'm going to go check out Hotworks in my home area. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Thank you to all of you, our 52 Academy podcast listeners. If you want to join the next cohort of the 52 Academy, please head over to 52academy.com to apply for our next session. All of the ideas, comments, and strategies presented on the 52 Academy podcast are independently presented by Laura K. Sheely and Emily K. Rush. There is no affiliation with their employers or any other business networking groups. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.